I want to be a better listener. I don't know what my role is going to necessarily be in all the things that we're talking about right now. You're listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee, exploring offline realities with online personalities. Ruthie Lindsay is a Nashville-based speaker, stylist, and world traveler, sharing vulnerably about her experience of living a rich and beautiful life in the midst of heartbreak and chronic pain. Ruthie is an upcoming author and podcaster and has a few exciting things brewing for us this year. We had a Skype session to record our discussion on privilege, responsibility, and the pursuit of inclusion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I I met you the day that you gave your very first like public talk, right? Is that right? Or did I make that up? That was it. Well, and it's so funny because I have the worst memory ever, but I remember exactly the moment, like you were leaving, you're on your way out and you like stopped and said something to me. I think I was with my friend uh, Garrett and Kara. I remember it, which I don't remember anything. So ever, (laughs) my brain is broken and it's seriously, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I remember that. I totally, I totally remember it too. I remember being like, oh, I think I don't know how I don't know even how I I came across you because I didn't I didn't know your story because I guess was that truly like the very first time you ever started to tell your story? Yeah, I had done one um, thing here in Nashville, like a little small breakfast thing. What I mean, but it you know, it, but that was like my first real talk conference. You know, yeah, and I was like, oh wait, this is why I'm here. I didn't know until right now. This is what I'm here for. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. I love it. And then since then, I feel like every time I turn around, I'm seeing you either at an event or getting your, you're speaking at an event or you're, you know, I don't know, you're somewhere with like really pretty people (laughs) that are all loving each other and loving life. Uh, it's been so sweet. I just literally look around. I'm like, who the fuck do I think I am that this is? gets to be my existence. I just feel so thankful and grateful and overwhelmed. It's stupid in the best way ever. <laughs> like, how is this real? Yeah. How is this real? You it's, know? It looks like a good life. And I know there's a lot of on, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that you go through every day and there's a lot of your reality that isn't, you know, always magical and, and effortless. But right. um, I'm very inspired by the way that you focus on what's, what's beautiful and what's amazing. It's really, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so are you ever alone? Yeah, I'm alone right now. Honestly, it's been so, so I travel so much. I'm like, and when I'm on the road, I'm never alone. I'm always traveling with on jobs with people. And so when I come home, I've like become, I'm a super extrovert, but like I've learned, especially for my body that I just have to, take a break. And so I become a bit of a hermit. Like when I'm home, I love being in my house so much. I love, like, usually I have a few, like I have a small inner circle that are like my home, you know, and I'll go to their house or they'll come to mine. We go to like, I have a rotation of like three restaurants that I'm obsessed with that are also like home to me. And that's it. Like I get in the bed. I mean, like last night I, I, we went to dinner, but then I went to my best friend's house after in my PJs and I was like in my bed at nine 30 and I felt so great about it. like, it's, you know, like I, I definitely, I mean, I have guests here a lot, but I, I've made it a point and I've learned just for my health that like, I have to really check out and like, just kind of, I need to be by myself. I need to read. I need to like recenter because a lot of, especially when you're like in the helping profession, you know, you exert so much of yourself and you give so much energy and time. And, um, and I love it. It's the thing that like gives me the most life, but it also comes at like a really, really, really steep cost physically for me. And so this is like the little snippets when I am home, which isn't a ton. I mean, I am a hermit and I love it. 
Like, I love being home. I get so excited to walk through my front door. The second I walk in, I literally strip down to my underwear and a t-shirt and like my mailman has seen me in this 8,000 times. Cause if, if I'm in my house, I am the comfiest you can possibly, I hold this big ass, ugly brown pillow majority of the time. I carry it around. Like, I don't know. Now <laughs> this is like, t- this is like you, everybody might be like, why do you know this? But I didn't even think you wore underwear. <laughs> really? Well, I don't. Oh, here's what's okay. I don't enclose. <laughs> I don't know why, but if I'm here, I don't like want my hiney rubbing on my clothes, on my couch, and my bed. <laughs> so, I, but I don't enclose for some. If I have on a dress, which is very rare, I don't wear dresses very often. I'll wear uns, but otherwise, I don't. Yeah, so. I think we had this conversation. Uh, in in J Tree, and yeah. so when you said you stripped down your undies, I was like, "Hang on a second. Well, I put on undies. Got it. <laughs> but I also don't wear bras. I don't need to because I have the smallest boobs ever, so I wear double covers. <laughs> I love I it. I feel like the luckiest human that I don't have boobs. It literally brings me more joy than I because like I don't have to wear bras. It's yeah. I own a bra one. And it's only for like shirts that come way low that you like literally I would be it's not okay. And that's it. That's but I mean, free the nipple, honestly. I'm so bored of of I'm so bored of not even being I was thinking about it today because there was a there was a photo that I saw and um it was like a girl that was wearing sort of a mesh top and she didn't have anything on underneath it. And I was like, yeah. that's so pretty. I would totally girl, do that. Live your truth. Yeah, but not necessarily fully legal yet, which right. is which is you know there's. I mean, I feel great about anyone doing whatever they want. Like for me, I'm gonna wear probably a nipple cover, but I don't care. Let's Same. Don't care what anyone else does ever. Well, and like your BFF goes to Burning Man, right? And so do I. So when are you gonna join us? Come on. I gotta be real honest. It kind of sounds a bit like my nightmare. Like. <laughs> the- <laughs> The idea that I'd have to do that, I don't prepare for things. Like if someone else did all of that for me and I could show up and then I could leave when I wanted to, that's, that's the reason it felt like physically, it sounds like a nightmare for my body and then being stuck there and having to do that much preparation. I don't prepare for things. I show up period. Like when I came to literally, when I came to field trip, I knew not one thing. I did not know one thing I was showing up to. And and that's every time I go anywhere. <laughs> like I, so that takes a lot of preparation. Like I hear people talk about it. I'm like, y'all are making me tired. I can't. It's, Unless someone else did it for me, I would never go. In yeah. It's so true. It's so, so true. It, it literally does take like a week beforehand where it's kind of the only thing that you're thinking about. You're nope. sort of trying, like you're sort of trying to get work done as well, but you're also like, oh, I need to I need to order this or I need to clean that or I need to pick that up. And then after the fact, there's the the cleanup after. And then the people who do plug and play and hire someone to do all the work for them, like that's not the The point. Oh, it's a million dollars. It's a million dollars. Yeah. And that's whole like one of the whole things is about radical self-reliance. Exactly. So So that's not my spiritual gift. So I don't see myself ever. I'm like, and sleeping in a tent, like my body. Yeah. Yeah. Like I body, like, yeah, no, no, I could no, that's fine. I love that y'all do. I love hearing about it. I love seeing the photos. I'm like, I will live vicariously always, but yeah. I think you would love it so much in just like the love fest of it, of like, just people being obsessed with each other. Oh God, that is my dream. Like that 100%, everything it's about, I think is the most beautiful, just physically and the preparation. I can't, and I can't leave. I'm like, good Lord. I can't love that. No. (laughs) Have you ever, have you ever been on a, like a work trip or a, or, or in anything, even just a, an adventure of your own and left? Or do you just need to know you can leave? You you like is no, it? I've never left something, but I need to know that I can. And like usually when people hire me for something, they know that I have a really fucked up body. So like that's built into like I'm gonna have to be able to rest at some. You know, or I or it's not sustainable. Like I can't keep going. You mm-hmm. know, so that part's pretty huge. So, but no, I don't think I've ever 
I'm pretty particular about what I do and what I say yes to also. So that's also, you know, in part of like my decision-making up front is yeah. so like who I choose to work with, you know, like I'm, I mean, everything doesn't always go as planned, but there's never, I'm very, very, very laid back and I can kind of show up and be cool with whatever, even if it's not my most ideal situation, like I can make it work and be fine. And, you know, but I think just physically that, that would be the main thing for me, just physically like, yeah, it's pretty rough. It's rough. Like people that are super healthy are like, just be down. (laughs) Like I could not, you know? So for sure. Um, so when you say that you're a little bit picky about, you know, the work you take on or the, you know, the places you go speak, what is the, do you have like a set list of kind of criteria that you check in with yourself or is it like a gut feeling? It's always just a feeling, honestly, like I don't have like a list of things and it's just like when it's brands, when it's marketing things, it has to be something that I would like actually do say where go to, like, I don't, and I, I've stayed pretty particular about that. I've tried to be, um, I mean, there's definitely been times where I'm like, Oh my God, I could use that money. And that would be amazing. And I don't care what anyone else does. Like I have friends that will take a, you know, and I'm like, live it. I don't care what you do. Um, but for me personally, like I'm not, I'm representing myself. I'm not speaking for anyone else. So it has to, just for my gut sake, like I just, um, yeah, I'm not going to speak about something that I don't believe in. Um, so that, I feel like that's kind of served me well, just trusting my gut with that. And even when I'm like, gosh, that would be really nice, but it doesn't feel like me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that in terms of marketing stuff and then speaking, if people are in line, like, I mean, I speak at a bunch of different types of things, but usually they're pretty aware of like, I'm going to be really honest. Like I don't, um, you know, I love the fuck word and I'm not gonna, I don't know. Like I don't do, there's been a few times where I've like, people will have me speak and it's like in a church and I'm like, I'm not, you know, going to talk about Jesus. That's not part of my story. Like I'm not, I don't, that's not me. So, you know, I'm very upfront with that. And if that's what someone needs, I'm like, I'm not your girl. Yeah. Um, but otherwise like, yeah, I just kind of go off what feels right and feels good. And, um, I mean, it served me really well so far. I I think I have a pretty strong intuition and, um, I just trust it. Like I call it like going, if something feels like I'm going towards light, that feels right, you know? And like, that's how I, if it feels like, I don't know. I just, I trust my, I really trust my gut and I trust my instincts and it hasn't really, you know, the only time that it's, it's when I haven't trusted it in the past is when it doesn't serve me well. And Mm. I, and I was like, I knew, you know, Mm. I I knew better and I didn't trust it. And so I feel like in the last few years, I've just felt more comfortable with myself and comfortable saying yes and comfortable saying no. Like I've had to learn both because I was paralyzed with fear for so long. So like at first I had to learn to say yes. And then I said yes to too much. And then I had to learn because I'm also a pleaser. So then I had to learn how to say no. And that's felt like just as much freedom, mm. you know, learning to say no has felt I feel really comfortable with it now, like in a very gracious way, you know, like I'm always super appreciative if somebody thinks of me or like wants to work with me and like, gosh, I'm so grateful that you, but it's just not always a good fit. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Totally. Um, and I, there are like 42 things I want to ask you now that you've said all that because you, there was so much gold in there. So, um, so one of the, one of the things that I was thinking as you were talking is, um, you know, as you get invited to things or if there's like a brand that, that invites you in, or let's say even when it comes to like a group of influencers or, or, or sort of like a group of kind of privileged people that are getting invited to something that's like invite only. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever found yourself saying like who else is included or like, do you, are there any sort of things that, that really matter to you to make sure that these, that this is kind of getting opened up to people? Cause I know you, you know, like we're, we're people who have all sorts of different friends who look and act different ways. And one of the things that I've been sort of struggling with and kind of figuring out how to, how to integrate it into my like work life is how to be an advocate for those people. 
um, yeah. and to make sure that they are getting remembered. Because I think right now there is such a shift in just like, um, oh, oh, it. we need to make sure that, you know, if we're having an event that showcases women of 2017, that it's it's not just like straight white women. Like yeah. that's super important. And yeah. yet I feel like some people don't, some brands, some companies, they're not even thinking that way yet. Um, And so I've even started to be, because I mean, you and I have both shown up to things where we've been in a group of just white women. And I'm like, oh, shit balls. I should have asked about this because all of a sudden this goes against who I am as someone who's into equality and into like representing everyone. And suddenly I'm realizing that I am here and it's like my own damn fault that I didn't say Mm -hmm. Is this mm-hmm. is this fair and equal and is everyone getting represented? Um, right. So anyway, I'm I'm like projecting my own experience yeah. and process here. But when you say, you know, when you when you say like it feels right or what your gut is, uh, do you ever find yourself asking follow up questions of like, does this does this line up with your values? Um, right. Or do you just fully go gut only? Well, I think that I'm so glad you said that. I mean, there's been an interesting. I feel like this conversation has been coming up more and more lately for me. And like, I was recently, um, at this Richard Rohr retreat, which was, Oh my gosh, incredible. And I feel so honored and privileged that I got to be there. But my favorite part of the whole thing is like on one evening, um, this precious woman and her husband, I'm the worst with names. So I'm shoot me now, but, um, she is an African American lady and her husband, she's a, um, pastor at a church in New York and her husband is super white and they've been together like 40 years or something. And they're all about like race relations and they, um, led a discussion on Saturday night and then they brought up, she's like, you know, I want to bring up if you're comfortable with it, everyone of color to the front of the room. And, I want it to be like a bit of a fishbowl moment. And I want to have the conversation that we have when white people aren't around. Like, what do we talk about in our house when white people aren't there? And I want to tell you, it was like, there were so many tears. It was so important. It was uncomfortable in the best way ever. Like one guy who was my favorite, like he didn't say much, but when he spoke, you like leaned in and you almost like shivered a little bit. Like he was so powerful and intent. Like our personalities could not be more opposite. And I was obsessed with him. And at one point he was like, I mean, he said so many poignant things, but at one point he goes, we say that y'all don't truly give a fuck about us. And he was like, and I'm talking to a room of like progressive liberal, you know, he's like, but it's a lot of words, but like how many black friends do you have that, don't talk like you and act like you and think like you. And I was like, dear God, like that is a huge, like it was just, it was a conviction on like such an amazing level. And then I went to this other thing and spoke at life is good last week, um, in Boston. And there's this amazing man named Adam who is a prosecutor in Boston. And like his first thing out of his mouth, he spoke right after me and he was like, look around this room. Like, do you know what's missing? He's like, there's no, I'm the only African-American man in this room. There are a few African-American women, but the rest are like privileged white people, you know? And he's like, majority of them here are in jail and just how the system has just ruined, you know? And he's like, this conversation needs to happen. We need to be more aware. And so this has just been in the last like three weeks of just like, man, that's been stirring so much and how I have played into that. Like my black friends, like we, they, you know, dress like me and think like me and talk like me. And, and that was like a really sobering, I'm like, I am not doing my part in making this better. You know, I'm not, I say, I have a lot of words. I have a lot of feelings and I have a lot of convictions and emotions, but like, what am I actually doing? Mm. And that was like, yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I've been like having a lot of conversations with my friends in the last two or three weeks, like a lot of conversations. And I, Adam and I, after the life is good event, like we went to, um, get drinks together and we just had the most incredible conversation for hours, like into the late, 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 late hours. I'm just like, I want to know what I can do, you know, like, what can I do? Um, 
And so I love that you brought that up because that hasn't been something that I've like made a conscious, like I notice when I'm some, you know, but what am I like actually doing? Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's like, I want moving forward to be better and do better and make a difference, you know? And I feel like as like the, one of my favorite podcasts are by the liturgists and they have one called black and white and it's just, I've sent it to, I've listened to it several times and send it to more people than I could count. But he's like, we're the people that need to have this conversation. Like we, this, the conversation needs to start with us, you know, as the privilege, like, cause this is where it'll be heard. Like sadly, tragically, like if, you know, an African-American man gets up, he's like, they'll, and they feel passionate, like to be like an angry black man. And you're like, that's bullshit. No, he's like, has every, well, righteous anger also is like, he has every right to be passionate, angry. And it was interesting. The guy, George, I was talking about at the, um, at the retreat the next day, we were having this really incredible conversation. And I'd shared some moments that I had been a part of that I felt like, you know, like when I was in high school, um, my dances were segregated and I started going to the black dances. And when I brought my friends to our dance, I was called every name under the sun, like in lover and all this stuff. And I remember at the time as a 16 year old, I was more concerned with the parents disliking me and how that hurt my feelings and how detrimental and painful and tragic that would have felt for my friends. And, and I felt, I felt a lot of shame about that, you know, like how I handled that and just made it about me. And so I was sharing that with him. And like the next day we were having this just really incredible conversation. He was like, you know, I, I want, we can learn from each other. I want to give you some of my fury and you can give me some of your empathy and tenderness because we need each other. And I'm like, yes. Wow. Yeah. I feel kind of speechless at the moment just because it it's so it's so heavy and there's so much there's so much pain that's been caused and there's so much um there's so much work to do and yet even just with something as simple as that like hold my fury and like yeah. hold space and yeah. and they the openness to have the conversation and the openness to be okay with being wrong and yeah. being like, oh, I, I'm totally open to realizing that I've been part of the problem. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And I had a smack in the face this year when, when I went to a very, you know, like hand picked your like VIP special getting, you know, getting to go to this thing and it's going to be so great. And I got there and looked around the room and everyone was white. And I literally felt sick to my stomach because I was like, oh no. This like I I I created this. I could have done something, and mm-hmm. like what you were saying with your friend Adam, was it? Um, what what did he say? Like what can what are what can we do? Do you have insight into that? Do you have a game plan? Um, I mean, I think the conversation is first, you know. And um, George said to me when we were at the retreat, he was like he like straight up asked me is like, how many black friends do you have? Like who's sitting at your table at dinner? Like, what are you, you know, like think about that. And, and so that, and it's not like you're like, okay, I'm going to pick my, you know, but I just want to be more inclusive. I want to be, I want to like have uncomfortable conversations. And so I think that's the beginning. Like I, that's, you know, I want to, a create a home and a space that is open to everyone. And like, I want to make that happen and I need to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I think more of what I got to have that night with this open conversation, like inviting my friends in and my, you know, white friends. And we are privileged. Like we get to live such privileged lives. Like let's have a conversation with people that don't have the privilege that we have and like, say, what can I do? I've been given like such incredible opportunities and beautiful, like, and for some reason, for some odd reason, people saw a few people listen to what I have to say. So like, I want to use that, my voice in a way that means something that can create change, you know, and like start dialogue and have uncomfortable conversations and like, 
you know, like I remember even at the, when I went to, like, I'd never spoken politically about anything. And then after this year with everything, I'm like, I, this is not okay. And like, I remember probably, um, I went to the women's March and I posted a photo about it and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think I lost like six or 700 followers. And I felt so proud about, I was like, get the, if that's offensive, like you are not, we don't need to be sharing space together. Like if that's offensive to you, that's, I feel great about that. Like go away because this is like, this is human rights, like human rights. And if this, it feels threatening or offensive, if anything, like go away. I feel so good about you not being here. Like, bye. Yeah. You know, like, Boy, I, bye. I'm okay with making people, if that's uncomfortable, like let's be uncomfortable, you know? And I feel great about that. So. Yes. Okay. So again, there's like 37 things I want to say to that. Um, so one of the things that comes up when you say that is just like, there's something in us that wants to tie it all up in a bow, like to be like, Oh no, 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 no. We, we, you know, like even when, even when it comes to like, where do we go when we die? Everybody's like, no, I have to know exact, like, I have to know the answer. I have to, I have to have like the perfect, you know, story of exactly what's going to happen. And like, you know, there are books that come out that are like four minutes after you die or whatever. And I'm like, excuse me, (laughs) first of all, yeah, what? And second of all, yeah, what? Because you know, I'm sorry. We can, it's okay to not know, and I think yes. part of the beauty of being human is sitting in that tension and sitting in the the discomfort of being like, okay, there's work to do. Let's yes. go there, and let's yes. and even if that means that we have to grieve, even if that means we have to pull apart um, a structure in the society yeah. that is going to take more than my lifetime to undo and put back together, I'd rather start the work than just pretend it's not there. Right. So that's, yeah, no, I love that. I think just in the last few years, especially in the last year, like I realized how much I, um, I would have loved to say I'm so open and free, but that there were things that I felt and it was a way for me to feel more comfortable that I felt very black and white about. And now I'm like, there's, I feel so okay with the not knowing and the mystery and the gray, like, and actually one of my, um, dearest friends, I got to travel around, um, France with him. He's, um, French and he will like test me in a way. And he like, because sometimes I will speak with this authority, like this is what it is. And he'll question me. And like, I don't get questioned a whole lot, but when I speak in these black and whites, he's like, nothing is black and white. And he will just like poke and prod and I will get so fired up, but I also love it. And I'm also like, I love that you're challenging me on this. Cause that's so like, it's not okay. And it's not, you know, like I, I just, I want to be okay with the discomfort of not knowing. And, you know, I think mystery and mysticism, like all of that. And that's why I like Richard Warren, why I trust him. Like, Oh, he is, he is the best of the best. I love him so much. You, you will die when you hear this, but my grandpa who turns 95 in, in December, uh, reads Richard Rohr every day. He said that his, his whole life, he's always been looking for like a spiritual practice and understanding that he's only found in reading Richard Rohr books. And I just am like obsessed. It's like, he's like, he's like the most incredible man ever. And yet he adores Richard Rohr. And like, that just makes me so happy because he's all like Richard um, is so incredible. Like you said, like mysticism, like bringing back something that kind of got thrown out, like the baby with the bathwater. And there's so much gold there. There's so much, um, tension there that is so human and I love. So I want to hear if anything comes up of like what you're going to do or what you're not going to do, or if there's anything beyond just awareness. And sometimes it is just awareness. It is just going, Oh, Oh shit. I, I had never even thought of that before. And I think it's easier for people who live in cities, Mm -hmm. um, because there is just a little like really major metropolitan cities. There is less segregation, um, mm-hmm. but especially in the South, in the Midwest, there's far more segregation. And it's almost like, well, where do 
like, where do I even begin? I mean, I lived in the Midwest for years and it was, I mean, I lived in Milwaukee, which I think is the second most segregated city in the U S Wow. and yeah, it's not like you just go out and make friends that are super different to you. Mm-hmm. My friends that I made that were different to me, I met on the bus on the way to college and it was awesome. Right. right. Yeah. Like in college, because I, where I went to high school, I had more black friends than white friends and it was amazing. And then I got to college and I went to college in Mississippi and I don't sport. I'm like the biggest waist of a tall girl ever. But I was like, the only black friends that I could have are all athletes. And they were like, try to get me to come to football games to watch them play. I'm like, no, I hate football. I'm not coming to your game. But like, I was like, these are my, you know, and it's just interesting. It's like, I don't know. It is like Nashville, I would say in the South is like one of the more progressive, like a lot more liberal, you know, but still like, it's still when I first moved to East Nashville 15 years ago, parents wouldn't let their children come to my house because it was too dangerous. And it was like, you know, this was the ghetto and this is where, um, public housing was. And it was just too dangerous. And, and like, as you know, more younger people start moving in. Like it's just, it's this thing. Like now most of my neighbors are white, you know, and gentrification is a massive, crazy thing. Like I have one black neighbor and we know each other and really like each other a lot. But like one, when I moved over here, I was the only white person in my area, you know, and there were gay couples and there are mixed race couples. And there, like, it was just, I loved it. Like, I loved that. That's what brought me here, you know? And so it's just, it's a wild, it's an interesting, I don't know. And I don't know that. And it's hard too, like, cause I love Nashville so much and I want to make help make change, but I'm also never here. Mm. So that's also really difficult. Cause when I am, I am just depleted, like completely. Like usually I'm, when I come home, my two best friends, Amber and Audie, like, they will bring me food to my house. I will move from my bed to the couch. And I'll, cause like I literally just go, 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 go till I just can't even function anymore. And my body is just like all the middle fingers and, and I'm just like in recovery mode. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is right now. I yeah. don't know exact, but I know right now what, what I, I, it just keeps coming up. Like I, this conversation, I've probably had this conversation that you and I are having right now since I got home from that retreat. This is probably the ninth or 10th time. And I love that. Like I want, this is like, it's yeah. Something. Yeah. The, yeah. the awareness is definitely bubbling up and, and that's good. And I think on, on one hand that, like you were saying, um, you know, the neighborhoods and people moving out and everybody looks the same. And on one hand, I think there's a part of me that just wonders if there is also like a shift in, kind of like tribalism in our evolution because it is, you know, staying with your people and like staying with what you know and what's safe is definitely something that is a part of evolution. Sometimes I wonder if, if kind of the, the clumps of people living together that are all the same, um, you know, yes, it's, it's gentrification and yes, there's a wave of problems with that. But part of me wonders if it's, if it's almost just like, a part of a leftover part of the next evolutionary phase that has to be like weeded out where the other isn't scary, where it's not like, Oh, Ooh, we have to stay with our people because there's something in our brains. And this is where like a scientist could be like, yes, in fact, the frontal cortex is the part of your brain that tells you you're in danger and whatever. Um, but anyway, I don't know if that's true. That was not true. Everyone, no science. (laughs) Well, just piggybacking tiny what you said, like, all my friends don't look like me. Like I, you know, I have friends from different backgrounds, like different races, gay, bisexual, like all the above. But the common thread is we all think the same. And so that's, that's my tension because I'm surrounded by very forward thinking, very openly loving, very accepting, liberal, open, you know, who want to put good in the world. Like they bring me, they make me want to be so much better, but where my rub comes in and where I've seen like, okay, something is like, I'm not around many people that think very differently than me. Mm. And that is, I think just an issue. 
you know, and I see that's more, that's my thing, you know, that's, that's, um, and I don't know what that needs to look like and how that should be different. I'm not saying I need to go travel around the world with, you know, like I, I love the humans that I get to do life with and they are all races and very that like, I realize with my humans, like the common thread, I have some friends that would call themselves Christian, some that would call themselves like good witches. I have some that are like <laughs> Buddhist. And I'm like, I, but like the common thread is everyone knows and believes that something bigger than them loves them. And they want to be a mirror of that love to the others around them. And they want to make the world better. You know, it's like this very curious, open, loving, that's, that is, that's the thread of the humans that are around me. And it looks really different, you know, like it, but that, that is the common thread. And, and so I think where my conviction comes in is just like, I want to, I'm not uncomfortable around cause like they think like me and, and, you know, we're very, it's like a very progressive, very open, just they're the most loving humans ever. And they make me want to be so much better, but I also I want to, I think it's important to be around and surround myself and to like have those kind of challenging conversations with people that don't think like me. Cause I'm can be kind of an, I, I don't have a whole lot of time for like, especially like close minded, like there, like I just kind of shut out. Like I'm not being this loving, open, like let's have a dialogue. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. If that's what you believe, you're not my human. Bye you know, and that's what I tend to do. And so I end up surrounding myself with, I mean, I think they're the best humans that ever existed, but they think like me. Mm, mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, and it, and it can be super easy to become like echo chambery. And even though you, like you said, like your, your people and your thread that ties you all together is amazing and magical and full of so much life. And, and it can be difficult. Like when life is so hard, as it is, it can be difficult to be like, you know what? Life is hard, but I'm going to go talk to someone that challenges everything that I am and puts everything I believe on the fire. And I'm going to go sit in that. Like nobody, nobody just says randomly, like, I'm going to go talk to someone on the other end of the political spectrum and just listen to them with love. Right. Right. (laughs) No one says that. No, no, (laughs) not at all not at all like, I think that's why I was so shocked when Trump became president because no one in my vicinity everyone's like what is wrong like we all laughed and thought he was the biggest fool idiot crazy human that ever existed I did not hear one human support this man so that's why I was like what what universe am I living in like I don't know anyone like this is not yeah so that was like a huge wake-up call to me because like no one I know thinks like this. Yeah. Yeah. So I have this idea. No, I do. I don't know if I'm going to do anything with it. But now I now all I want to do, because we get it, you know, we're at so many conferences and conventions and they're all great. But what I want to go to is one where it's it's like a learn from each other conference where it's yeah. literally like like two ends of the spectrum in a room together and one person from one side gets up and says, this is how, what we've, this is what, this is what this topic is like from, from us. And then the other side goes, well, this is how we see that, whether it's climate change or racism or education or healthcare or sexuality. I mean, like, I think I know the, the guys who um, run the liturgists are also really good friends of mine. Um, And they were talking about the idea of an enemy and like enemies and villains. And they were, they were talking about, you know, we as humans often need an enemy. Like they're even just as we go through our day to day, we have to be like, okay, who's the enemy um, in this situation? There's always kind of like a good and a bad. And yet it's so hard for me to stop and realize that I might be someone's enemy. Like someone is singing that about me today. Like someone's going, Oh, that, that whatever. Like whatever yeah. it is that I am, whatever it is that I stand for that is anti them. Yeah. That's a pretty it's a pretty intense yeah. thing. But I think yeah. somewhere out there there's like a super, super loving, patient, 
neutral person who could who could facilitate that sort of conference. Richard War could do it. He could. Richie. He's the only human I know of that could do that. That's humble enough and just peace, like just very aware, but like the least threatening human that ever was. And so accepting of everyone. Like he's the only human that I, that I've encountered that I feel like could do that. Well, you know, maybe we'll, we'll talk to him. Yeah. Richie, if you're listening, yes or no. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> um, well, I love this. I love this discussion. And I think if anything, my kind of takeaway is is kind of the idea of awareness, mindfulness, yeah. and also being being an advocate, like being a safe space for these conversations, being someone who is like, you know, I'm saying I'm this way, you're saying you're this way, as in I'm taking responsibility for doing something. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I'm going to have the conversations, whether it's another nine of these same conversations in a week or whether it's an Instagram caption that starts to talk about it and in a public space or whether it's just literally one of the things that I've started to do is I got invited to be a part of like a mastermind kind of like power group of, you know, people and my yeah. and literally like my first question were was like, can you let me know how many different types of people have gotten invited? Because yeah. I've the I've I've definitely walked into room a, a room of all all white privileged people for the last yeah. time. No, no more. Yeah. Like because yeah. I say so. And if that yeah. means that I have to walk away from something awesome, like awesome air quotes, awesome that has money attached right. to it or, or like a really cool experience attached to it or whatever it is too bad. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I love that. Let me know if you, if you come up with any cool strategies or even yeah. just like, even just ways to listen better ways to learn. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so important. That is, I think that is what I'm like, what I've realized this last year. Like, I think I've always almost prided myself on being a good listener, but like, how good am I actually? Like, I want to, I don't need to talk so freaking much. Like, just like, I have friends that I respect so much that I just, they kind of sit back and they don't have to have all the answers and they don't have to have an, they don't have to share their opinion on everything and they listen and they take it in and there's something I trust their presence. Like, and it's not an insecure, like I don't feel comfortable. Like, cause when they speak, I listen, you know, but like, they're not just filling in. Like, I think that way about my brother, like he just, he doesn't say a ton, but when he does, you're like, Oh shit. You know, cause like there's just a lot of wisdom in listening and not having to have, like, I don't ever think about what I say. Like I, and I think that's <laughs> a great part about my personality in some ways, you know, but like, I never, I don't think through anything. I don't think through my captions before I write them. Like literally it's like when I think of it, I write it and then I don't think about it again. I'm like, bye, you know? And I think that's, there's freedom in that because it doesn't stress me out and I'm not concerned like what someone might think from it, but I want to be more balanced in it. Like I want to be intentional. Mm. Like that's a word I really want to like step into and be more of. And there's parts of me that I think are very intentional, but there's a lot that it's just my laid back personality. I just let it happen as it does that I'm not intentional about. And I'm not always intentional with my words. And like, I don't know. I just, I want to be a better listener and I want to hear from people that don't think like me or live like me and hear and just absorb it. And like, I don't know what my role is going to necessarily be in all the things that we're talking about right now. Like, I love that you figured out this one thing. Like I, I love that. And I want to be more intentional with that too. Cause I'm not always like, that's what I've realized in the past few weeks. Like I would have been like, I am the most progressed, you know, like in my head, which is also the worst type of human. When you think you're so you're like, good Lord woman, you are a fool. Like I, <laughs> I think I'm the worst kind because we think we're so liberal and progressive and forward thinking. And, but I'm like, really? Like there's so much that I could be doing and I want to figure out what that is, what it looks like for me in my life, you know, to just like daily making little decisions and conscious 
awareness, like awareness. Mm. Like I, I just, I thought I was, <laughs> I'm like, good Lord. I'm, I am part of the problem. Mm. I'm the problem, you know, and I don't, I want to, um, I don't want to just, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but one of the things Richard Ward says, like, instead of like criticizing all the things you think are wrong, like do it, just do it better. Just live it better and make conscious choices. Like let that be how you stand, like do it differently and do it better. You know? So like how my choices live out not just like, I don't, I just have to say it, but like do it, you know? So I don't know. I'm just, there's a lot that I just need to like be conscious and aware and intentional. And, um, yeah, I want to be better. Mm. I want to do it. I'm, I've failed miserably in a lot of ways in this category, Mm. you know? And, and it like, it like breaks my heart. Like it really does. Like I, I can be way better and I want to be, you know, I'm with you sister. I really am. Yeah, I really am. I think, um, admitting I'm part of the problem saying that for myself right now, like that's, that's part of it. Um, and also the come from in, in like who we're being, who I'm being, who you're being and in terms of being mindful, being aware, um, being intentional, like those, those, those kind of grounding words will mean that our actions flow from those yeah. things. Um, yeah. and, and yeah, I think, I think there's a long road ahead, but, um, yeah. yeah, I'm grateful to, I'm grateful to meet you on the road and to be like, Oh, cause this is definitely, I love that you say that you've had this conversation so many times. Cause the part of me that goes, Oh, I want to be original. I'm like, no, I don't care if I'm original. This is yeah. important. I don't care. So I don't care if, yeah. I don't care if you have this conversation 900 times and I'm the 901th. I don't care. I don't need to be original with this. I want this to be, I don't want this to be something that, um, you know, needs to be like, I don't need to be special with this. I need this. I need people to hear this. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm grateful that, you know, that you're in the, in the journey, in the process, in the, in the mindfulness, in the tension. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there will be, there will be love and growth because of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thankful for you too. I'm glad, really thankful we could have this kind of conversation. Like it's so, I mean, I think it's so important to have uncomfortable conversations, you know, and owning mistakes. And like, I want to, if I ever, I think the thing that scares me the most is ever thinking I have it figured out. Cause like, that's when you need to lock me the fuck up. <laughs> like, I don't have it figured out, you know, like we're all learning and I have so much to learn from other people. And that's why I need to just shut up and listen and be present and like walk alongside of and not have to have all the answers, but like be proactive and intentional and yeah, just awareness and intentionality and, um, speaking about hard things like this is sadly this topic I you know this is this isn't new it's still a major 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 problem it's a problem and it's like I mean to see the pain like it was so um heartbreaking sitting in this room and seeing these brave friends that sat in front of us um, that night that we had this open discussion and like the pain that they have had, that this is their existence. This isn't like a once in a while, like this is their daily reality. Yeah. And I don't have a clue what that's like. I don't have a clue. I live like, obviously we all had to, like my pain is physical, but like I am, my pain also isn't shown outwardly and I am accepted everywhere I go. I am like, not like I'm loved, you know, and I welcomed openly everywhere. I feel like I've ever really been. I don't know what it would be like. I can't even comprehend what it would feel like to be judged, to be, um, 
to be treating treated less than but just because of like the color that you are or the sex that like it is I had a dinner the other night with a um mixed race gay couple and what they've had to live through I just it's it is not in my understanding a realm of understanding whatsoever it is not my reality it is not my existence I've never experienced anything like that no ever no no and that's what privilege is and when people say yeah. I'm not privileged. I've had to work my whole life to pay for my school or whatever it is. I'm like, oh, you just don't. I I don't. That's where I'm like an asshole. I'm like, get out of here. You don't have a clue. We don't have a clue. No, we don't. We don't. We don't know. Yeah. We can't know because that's not our reality. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Well, I love I, even even the tension in this, like the part of me that goes like, I want to put a bow on this. I want to tie up. I want to like have this perfect end of the, the conversation where we have this like amazing takeaway and everything's better. It, this is one of those moments like, yeah. nope, we can't yeah. that we're yeah. we're in the tension. There's no bow. There's no there's no solution or resolution that we can come to right now. Besides like, let's go and like, let's have these uncomfortable conversations and let's be okay with being uncomfortable. Yes. Like that, if anything, like, I think that that feels hopeful to me in some ways. It's just like, if we choose to be open and like humble enough to say we've, we're failing at this, you know, like let's have these conversations. Yeah. And even, even accountability, I think is a really big one. Even just with my, even, even just with my other friends who, who have as big of hearts as you, but, and, and as, you know, as myself who are all about love, but who haven't had the, that like awareness moment where all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. Sometimes it might just be to be like, Hey, having those conversations one-on-one, sometimes it starts small. It might not be having a massive conference where it's like, let's all learn from each other and hold space for, you know, your pain. Maybe it's just, Hey, have you, have you, have you been asking people, you know, if they're being fair when they hand out things to air quotes influencers lately, or is this all just getting sent to like, you know, straight white women? Yeah. Yeah, you know, not that straight right women aren't amazing, because no, they are. I'm, I'm awesome, but <laughs> like, I'm also flawed, and like I need to be challenged, and it's it's good. Like that was the best thing that came out of that whole retreat. It was like there were Muslim women, there were African American, there was gay, there were lesbian, there were like you know, Filipino, Chinese, like it, there was, it was not, it, I, I was like one of the few, like not Christian, like, you know, like it was, there was a lot of very different people that don't necessarily live or think or act like me. And it was so good to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause I am not uncomfortable very often. I'm just not. I love it. I love it. I love it. Stick around for part two of this discussion to hear a Q&A with Ruthie Lindsay about her social media practice. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?